morning, everyone. How are you today? Really? Let's try it again. Good morning, everyone. How are you today? That's good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, it'd be lonely if you weren't here. I'd just be here by myself. <clears throat> I'm glad to be able to worship the Lord together. We are continuing in our series about our, min- our missions and our vision for this church. And it's exciting to see what God is actually putting together. Uh, <clears throat> Our, our, mission, or sorry, our vision that we've been talking about, and I'll have you read this with me. Let's go to the next slide. Can you read this with me? Transforming our world together through the power of God, one life at a time. That's kind of the overall theme for what we're trying to achieve in these coming years. And then, more specifically, we're looking at some very specific character traits that we want to see in the life of our church. Last week, we talked about bringing others to Christ. Kind of the, our purpose, right? We, we get about 80-some years here on earth to, um, to live well, to, to get to know God, and to try and bring as many people with us as we can into heaven when, when, we, when we get a chance to, to, to be there. So uh, thanks for those who've been praying for my family. Um, we were given notice today that my mom has just a, a day or so left um, here on this earth, and she's going to be uh, standing before her Jesus uh, soon. So uh, it's exciting and sad at the same time, but that's, that's kind of the way it works. We have only a short time here on earth to really get to know who this God is that has sent His Son to die for us, who loves us, who wants to be a part of our life. And so today we're looking at empowering people to live and to serve and to grow in Christ. This is what our goal is as staff, as elders, as ministry leaders, is we want to empower God's people to actually live and enjoy the life that he's given us. And, and not just uh, getting by or coasting through life, but actually exploring the depths of who God is and letting his power work through us to help us enjoy the abundant life that he has planned for us. So <clears throat> we believe that this particular mission statement points out that every person is important. Every single person, every teenager, every child, Every senior, married, unmarried, single, doesn't matter. You are important to God and to us, and we want you to experience all that God has for you. We don't want you to live uh, a weak Christian life or just uh, a surface Christian life, a shallow Christian life. We want to go deep. We want to figure out exactly what it is that God has for you and your family and your, your career, your future, so that... Uh, you will be living in the, uh, the place that he has created you to live, in a sense. So we want every, every person to be equipped, to be confident, to be valued and needed to serve God through this church and as God has called them to do that. And so we'll be exploring that over the coming months and years to help you feel like you've got a good hold on what you believe, to understand that God has called you to live out in your place of service, ministry, your life, uh, letting him work through you. So let me ask you, you don't have to answer this because it's a rhetorical question, but what was your first job? What, what was the very first thing you got paid to do? For me, um, it was babysitting. I was, I was uh, pretty good at it. I could get down to the psychological level of the kids and figure out how to make them eat their food, how to get their pajamas on, how to get to bed and stay in their room while I watched TV and ate the chips, you know. <laughs> Um, I also worked uh, at a part-time, uh, part-time at an antique store doing pick and delivery. 
I worked for a cement crew. I was the grunt labor, putting the rebar in the sand and tying it all together. I was a landscaper for an apartment complex. Did a welding in a welding shop. Uh, worked at a lumber yard. I drove a combine in Saskatchewan for a little while. Anyone have that pleasure? Two and a half miles an hour? <laughs> Turn around and go the other way. <laughs> I only got stuck a couple of times. I also... Uh, Worked as a mental health worker at a psychiatric facility. Was a youth pastor, a worship pastor, an education minister, finally a lead pastor. You know, every job was very different. And I had different kinds of equipping. I had different kinds of learning. I, I, I got a very short <laughs> lesson on how to drive the combine. Uh, how to not drive it too fast that the, the, the chute at the back wouldn't get plugged up. And uh, if it did, if you didn't see anything coming out, you're going, oh no. <laughs> i got to go in there and clean it all out. Or at the psychiatric institute, you know, you couldn't, um, you couldn't let the, the patients out, you know, the locked unit. They weren't supposed to go home. <laughs> so how do you stop them? Uh, <clears throat> I had some training uh, for, for other jobs. I actually have, have degrees, um, take classes, write exams, all of that. And I, I needed to be prepared for every single job that I had. Every time I had another, another role to play, um, it was a learning curve. Cement stuff was tough. Welding stuff was tough. Um, working with junior high kids and middle school and all that was tough. Uh, lots of work to do. <clears throat> so as a Christian, uh, when you become a Christian, you, you, you're not always given the, the training you need. How many of you feel like when you became a Christian, whenever that was, that you were properly discipled, some mature Christian walked with you to help you to learn how to live out the Christian life. If you were discipled by somebody and you felt that like you were ready to go, could you raise your hand? Okay. What does that say? Um, you know, sometimes it was like sink or swim, right? If you don't really know how to pray, you know you're supposed to pray, the prayer is supposed to do something, but you don't really learn how to do that. How can you pray? Or if you, if you get the Bible, you open up the Bible and you're reading in, the, in Leviticus or, or Deuteronomy, you're going, what is this? You get the Song of Solomon, you're going, whoops, let's go past that too. Oh, what does Ezra have to say? You know, And all these prophets, you got all these 66 books and they don't quite make sense. If no one sits you down and helps you to see that there's a thread that goes through all of these books leading to Christ in the New Testament, you don't know. What if you, you come up against spiritual warfare? You feel like you're being attacked or you're being judged as a Christian or jobs are passing you by because you have an atheist boss at work that doesn't like Christians. You know, how do you handle that if you don't have someone to walk with you to help you grow up in your faith, to understand uh, what, it, what it is to be properly discipled? You know, you give your life to Christ and then what? You're on your own? We don't want that to happen. We want everybody to be empowered to live and to serve, to grow uh, in Christ so that you have full confidence. You will know about the privilege of prayer. You'll know about the, the basics of the Bible, the giving of spiritual gifts, the character of Christ, the significance of service, the truth about tithing. These are all the fundamentals. And if you, you know, I didn't see a lot of hands out there. You kind of have to learn as you go, right? And sometimes you don't always get it right. Sometimes things can knock you off your, your faith pedestal because you don't know how to handle it. So if, <clears throat> if you're in a car accident and you question whether God really does care or protect you, or if you get a scary medical diagnosis and you start to question whether God really loves you or not, 
Or you lose a job and you start to think, well, maybe God doesn't really guide or provide. Or when you don't have your prayers immediately answered, maybe you think the prayer doesn't work. What's the point? Why bother? Or when you see all the evil around us in the world and you start to question God's power or or authority. If any of these things start to make you think less of God, I would say you haven't been properly grounded. You don't truly know the God that we come to sing to. You don't really know how to take the truth out of the Scripture and speak into your situation, into your life, and your circumstances. The, the more you're challenged as a mature believer, the deeper your roots will go. You won't be thrown off. You won't be disoriented in your faith or question God's love or his power or his integrity or his faithfulness to you when you come up with to circumstances. Uh, over the years, I've heard these phrases. Maybe you have too. Um, well, we just can't always understand the mind of God. We just have to accept some things. Or, well, some things are just a mystery to us. Or, our human minds can't understand the magnitude of God's plans. Any of you heard those things over the years? I, I have. When you ask a hard question and people say, well, we're not meant to understand these things. I'm like, well, I don't actually like those phrases. I think we can go into the Scripture and, and find how God has worked through history. I think we can go into the Scriptures and find what He values the principles he has, uh, the expectations he has for his people, how he always comes through. We can know him. We can understand his mind and his heart. We don't have to question his love because we've seen it a thousand times before, how he has stepped up and, and been an important part of our life. Unless someone walks you through the Scripture to, to learn about the heart and the mind and the activity of God, you, you'll question him. And it means you don't know him so well. If you think that uh, the prayer just doesn't work, let me suggest you don't know God very well. Because I could tell you a hundred different ways he's answered prayers or a thousand ways that he's answered prayer. Just the history of, of, of walking with him. If you could find it in the scripture, you can ask any mature Christian here and they'll say, oh yeah, I wouldn't have made it this far without prayer. God steps up every time to help out. If you could conclude that you are free to choose and do whatever you want in life as long as you follow the golden rule, you don't know your Bible very well. God didn't give people a whole lot of options. He says, i got plans for you. I've got something significant for you. I've picked you. I've chosen you. I've equipped you. I've put gifts in your life for very specific reasons. But you might miss that if you haven't been discipled or shown how to go deep in the Word If you conclude that because there's so much evil or corruption in the world that God must be weak or impotent or uninterested, then I'd have to suggest that you have a very surface understanding of who God really is. He deeply loves people he has created, deeply cares for them, and wants to intervene. But he comes up against man's will. He gave us free choice. There's, 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 There's answers to these kinds of questions. So we can... Our goal is for our staff and elders and ministry leaders, even as mature Christians in the congregation, we have an obligation to help everyone to be grounded and confident and excited in their walk with God, to know Him and to trust Him. So, uh, as I say, every job came with, um, came with training for me. Uh, welding was a bit tedious, 
cement work, uh, came home caked with lime or something every day. I was white, or whiter than white when I came home. Like, how do I get this off of me? A lumber yard, I worked for a thrift lot and I had to learn how to, how to do the hoist. I think it was on this side. So the flatbed would go up and the lumber would slide off into people's yards and without breaking it and smashing it. There's lots of things and tools and nuances for me to learn. And so equipping people in their faith is no different. Um, what I learned is that there are, uh, there are markers in life. Uh, before I get there, let me just... I want to talk uh, just briefly about um, what it means to live and serve and grow in Christ. So we want to empower people to live and serve and grow in Christ. What does it look like to live in Christ? There's a, a couple of scriptures I want to walk through uh, briefly. Uh, first is Galatians 2.20. You've heard this one. I've died, Paul says, but Christ lives in me. And I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Uh, for us, when we talk about living in Christ, it's actually He's living in us. And so we, in turn, walk with Him through life. Ephesians 3.17 says, Christ will live in your hearts because of your faith. So stand firm and be deeply rooted in His love. Philippians 1.27, Paul goes on and says, Above everything else, you must live in a way that brings honor to the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and visit you or not, I will hear that all of you think alike. I will know that you are working together. And that you are struggling side by side to get others to believe the good news. That's what we want to do is work together, struggle side by side, encouraging one another, building each other up. Colossians 3.15 says, Each one of you is a part of the body of Christ. And you were chosen to live together in peace. So let the peace that comes from Christ control your thoughts and be grateful. Walking in Christ, growing in Christ, is, He impacts our mind and our thoughts and our attitudes. We begin to be transformed from the inside out, because he lives in us. It's my uh, privilege or pleasure or uh, job uh, as pastor to help select, uh, together with our nominating committee, um, the new elders that come on the board each year. So at the AGM that's coming up this next month, we'll present to you some names, uh, likely three names, of um, gentlemen that we say have been modeling Christ-likeness. They've been faithful. Um, they have a relationship with God. We've watched them over these last year particularly. And as a committee, we've concluded that certain people fit the, the character uh, of what we're looking for to be an elder in this church. What am I looking for? Well, when Christ is in you, and you are living in Christ, your demeanor, your attitude, your responses, your willingness to help others, it all reflects your heart for Jesus. <clears throat> Who you are is always more important than what you do when it comes to Christ. So I should be able to look at each of these people that we're, we're choosing, and, and any mature Christian should look like Galatians 5.22, where it says, in our life, we should have love. We should uh, model joy. We should have peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. These are evidences that you are walking in Christ, that you are maturing as a Christian. If you struggle, I, I had a person in my life that uh, was quite distraught one time, and uh, he had said to me, you know, Tom, <clears throat> I, I read through that list last week, and I don't have any of those things in my life. 
I'm going, whoa, <laughs> let me introduce you to Jesus. <laughs> uh, they just realized that they had gone the other direction, that they were angry, they were bitter, they were critical. You know, they, they weren't at peace. They were struggling in their life, and they had to release all of the things that they were dealing with and trust God to come in and do what he says he's going to do. Sometimes it's nice to stop and evaluate. So you know, nobody's perfect, I'm saying. Everyone's got stuff, right? You all have, we all have character flaws and blind spots, and that's why we have a body of Christ to help encourage us and build us up. So if you're grumpy all the time, if people are afraid of you, if you're easily angered, if you're critical of others, if you like to make threats or intimidate or complain a lot, I'm pretty sure you're not walking with Jesus, right? You're, you're kind of estranged from him because the more you walk with Jesus, the more you look like Jesus. The more you act like him, the more you think like him because he's a part of a, and that's what we're talking about, empowering people to live in Christ, to serve him, to grow in him. That's what we want to do is to help every person become like Jesus, As a dad, um, it's, it's tricky when you're a pastor and a dad because your kids are in church with you uh, a good portion of their life. They're watching you every single week. Is what dad's saying up there at the pulpit what he's living at home? Is he telling everyone to be peaceful and joyful and at home he's screaming at us and whapping us in the head when we get mad? It's like, you know, when I'm coaching a baseball team or a basketball team and I'm screaming at the ump, you, what do you think you're doing? Like, what is, what is dad saying? I got to live what I say. I don't want to lose my kids to say, look at daddy, what a hypocrite, what a liar. Like, he, he was, he, he, you said, see him when he drives, he's screaming at people. It's like, no, like, I can't be that guy and this guy. I got to be the same guy. Both places, because I don't want my kids to reject the God that I say I serve. Too many parents demonstrate or model for their kids an angry God, a, a, a judgmental God, someone who's never happy, never satisfied, too critical, too demanding, never good enough, two-faced, hypocritical by how they act. We want to have the same person here as we have at home, the same person at work as we have at the, the football field and the soccer, the same person. Not two, three, four different people depending on the, the friends you're hanging out with. We want Christ to shine through. I want my kids to know that they're rewarded for their faithfulness, for their honesty, for their willingness to help others. I want them to know that dad will protect them and guide them and, and give them great advice, but to hold them accountable for what they do and what they say to make sure that they're moving in the right direction. I want to treat them like I want to be treated, respectfully. My house, we don't yell. We don't slam doors. We don't call names. We don't say, you stupid pig. Or anything like that. that didn't come out of my son's mouth. You know, that if they started to get a little mouthy to my wife, well, dad steps in and says, you know, what do you think you're doing? Like, why are you talking to her like that? If that's, not, that's not who we are. We have a different standard in our home. And I, I wanted basically to, be, to treat them like I believe God treats me. I want them to see God in how I treat them. And no, I'm not perfect, and I mess up, and I'm human too. But I, I try to be the same person, and that's what we're talking about, growing up in our salvation, growing in Christ, living in Jesus, that he can help us on those weak times and those challenging times. So what does it mean to serve Christ, to live, serve, and grow in Christ? Romans 12 says, never be lazy, 
but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. And it's not just talking about here at the church. It's talking about everywhere you go. When I'm, what, what did I do this last week? I, just helping someone out that, that needed help at the grocery store or at the lumberyard or whatever it is. It's like, let me be Jesus to you today. Let me just live my life so that I can be a blessing to somebody. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You've been given a gift. Let's, let's put it into practice. And it might just be a gift of encouragement. It might be a gift of knowing how to pray for other people. If you have the gift of prayer, uh, let me know because i got a bunch of things I need prayer for. <laughs> I'd love to have you partner with me and let's together rejoice when God answers those prayers. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And whatever you do or say, in the New Living Translation says this, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I get mad. Anyone else here get mad once in a while? I mean, I can get... And I have to think... When I'm getting angry, what do I want to come out of my mouth right now? What words should I say? And I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember getting cut off by some person, <laughs> individual. I was going down, he pulls out right in front of me from some parking lot, and, I, and I'm thinking, bless you, buddy. <laughs> I actually had a good friend of mine who was an, an author and an editor for a, a publisher sitting on the right-hand side of uh, my passengers. I was giving him a tour. This guy swerves across, cuts in front of us, and I'm thinking, the next words that come out of my mouth are going to impact my reputation forever. And so it was just <sighs> heavy sigh. And my friend, he says, Tom... It's not about who they are. It's about who we are. And I thought, I have no idea what he's saying. I should go home, <laughs> and I should ask my wife what he means by that. I said, Kim, he, he says, like, not about who they are. I said, yeah, well, people are going to do what people are going to do. But you still have a choice to act like you, you should act, like as a representative of Christ, as an ambassador of Jesus. You have a choice how you're going to react. And I thought, that's so wise. You know, nobody should force me to swear at them. Nobody should force me to, to do something nasty, to road rage. It's like, seriously? We're better than that. We, we serve somebody better than that. We serve somebody who lives in us and who was whipped and beaten and spit upon and slapped and mocked. He didn't say anything because he had a higher purpose in mind. Can we endure a little bit of annoyance and not blow our top and not swear and not get angry and not give hand gestures uh, to people <clears throat> because we're better than that. We have someone inside of us. We've got the Holy Spirit saying, no, 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 no. You've got to show love. Remember what you did yesterday? Remember what you said yesterday? Yeah, well, I still love you. I didn't beat you down. I didn't curse at you. I didn't boot you out. You're still my child. So what does it mean to grow in Christ? So um, there are certain markers. If you, if anyone, if here, have you had a baby in your house? And <clears throat> when we had uh, the first two kids, they were, you know, great. The third one, we moved to Norway. 
and in Norway, uh, we had, uh, I think Connor was six weeks old when we arrived in Norway. They give you money every month for uh, like a baby allowance, child allowance, but you don't get it unless you go each month to the medical uh, checkup station. So you had to take your kid in to the, the medical place, and then they would make sure that they were, following, they were growing properly. They were making all these markers uh, that, that they should. So if you didn't take your kid in, you didn't get the money. So this way they made sure that the children in, in the country were really healthy and growing. So at two months old, a child should calm down when you're spoken to or pick, pick, pick them up. Uh, they should seem happy when you walk in the room. They should smile. Two months old, they should be able to watch you when you're moving. Uh, they can hold their head up when they're on their tummy. Uh, at six months old, uh, a baby should be able to look at themselves in the mirror and, be in, in, and focus and laugh. Um, can reach to grab a toy that she wants. Uh, at six months old, they should close their lips if they're done eating. They don't like that. Asparagus. Mmm. <laughs> None of them. Roll onto their, their tummy, uh, from their tummy to their back. At one year old, they should be able to play hand games with you, call a parent mama or dada, uh, understand No. And when you say no, they should stop or pause and think twice about continuing. Uh, they look for things you hide under a toy. They have object permanence. Uh, if you hide it under a blanket, it doesn't no longer exist. They go, oh, let's look under there. Uh, drink from a cup without a lid if you help them. So there's very specific markers in a child's life to say they're healthy. A four-month-old shouldn't weigh the same as a four-year-old. You know, they're high, if, you're, if, if, if there's trouble... You look to make sure that they're passing these markers to, to identify as healthy. And I think they're the same thing in the spiritual life. There are markers in a spiritual life as you grow as a Christian. The same kinds of things. So what does it look like when I'm asking people or, or Pastor Neil is saying, would you, would you lead a, a life group? Or could you host a life group? Or would you consider helping with this ministry? Or, um, you know, we're, um, we're looking for elders. We're looking for ministry leaders. What do we look for? What are the markers that we're looking for? Um, well, here's a few. One, not a gossip. So, um, knows how to keep confidences. It's not just spreading information around about everybody that they see. Uh, we, we need to know that you can be trusted. Uh, secondly, um, you're a person of integrity. You do what you say. You show up on time. You're prepared. You volunteer to help others in need and keep confidences, and you're dependable. It's a person of integrity. If you say you're going to be an usher, and you're supposed to be here on the 8 o'clock service, 9 o'clock service, you don't show up, going, oh, nope. Got a lot of growing up to do still. Uh, next, there's an intimate and growing relationship with God. I, I listened, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't tell you this, but I listened to how people pray. I listen to how they talk to their Father in heaven. I want to know the kind of relationship they have. If it's all gimme, 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 I'm going, no, we've got, we got some work to do here. We've got some growing up to do. If, if there's a, an intimacy in the prayer that just says, God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for all you've done in my life. God, we're, we're grateful for how you intervene in our lives. and our, you know, Talking with, as a friend, that tells me something about how deep your relationship is with God. 
So what insights do you share that you found during your devotional time? Hey, Pastor Tom, I read the most exciting thing today. I never even saw this before. When is, and when Mark's, in Mark's gospel, this passage is like, I'm going, wow, that's really interesting. Maybe I'll put that in my sermon. Is that copyrighted? So, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, they're excited about sharing what's going on, what God has taught them. It says that they're growing, they're learning, they're searching for God. And has concern for others, asks prayer for friends and family, goes out of the way to draw others to Christ. They're always bringing somebody to a women's event, to a men's thing, to a, to a service, to, to a picnic. They're always bringing somebody because they care. They, they have a concern for others. And they're generous, not selfish, not self-serving. Always not having to get something in return for the time that they spend. Um, I do know some people... They tend to always show up when we have potluck dinners. They tend to always be the first in the line and, and not necessarily the last one to help clean up either. They're going, mm, they got some learning to do, some growing up to do, that we're here to serve, not to get. And they go deeper in dependence on God in difficult times rather than falling apart and blaming Him. I can tell the level of a person's maturity if they're always blaming God for something that they didn't get or something He didn't do. Or if something went wrong, well, God, God must be trying to teach me something again. <laughs> or maybe that's just what happens, and you're, he's walking through this time with you. And lastly, um, they have a love for Jesus and his people. Uh, Kaylee's not here. Maybe she'll watch this later. But when she was being interviewed by the district, um, they, they certify each staff person in churches at the district level to make sure we're the right people, the right calling, the right heart. And uh, it could be very intimidating. Like I, it was intimidating. I, I just became an Alliance pastor a year and a half ago, and it's quite a process. I just remember uh, when she was interviewed, I talked with some of the, the staff at the district level. They said, can we replicate her? Can we, like put her in some machine and make four or five more. I mean, she, what an exciting person to have. You know what? She, she just loves Jesus. I'm going, yes. That's what, we, that's what we're looking for. Someone that just loves Jesus and will do whatever, whoever they can to make him happy. First Peter 2 says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into your salvation. So here's a question for you. Are you growing in Christ? Are you growing or are you stagnating? Are you in a rut? Are you at the same place right now as you were five years ago? Keep coming to church, keep singing the songs, maybe you're in a life group. But you haven't really gone deeper. You haven't really gained any new insights into who Jesus is or who God is for you. You, you read the scriptures, you kind of put, put your time in. You kind of read the next chapter. Oh, God, I read my Bible. Did you really? Did you really read your Bible, or did you just kind of scan the words and go on to the next chapter? Have you stopped and meditated? What did God just say? What did he just show you about himself there? What, what, what is he trying to tell you that you need to know for this coming week? We can spend so much time reading about God's words, we don't actually take time to read the word itself. I'm all for Devotional books and Bible studies, I think they're very helpful to guide us, but we can't use them as a substitute for reading the Bible, letting God speak to us through His Word, not just reading what other people say about His Word. So in Ephesians 4, this is my last scripture, 
This is what uh, Paul is saying, and it's kind of what's reflecting in this um, mission statement. Now, the gifts that God gives to his church are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. That's all your ministry leaders and your church staff, we're considered those guys, people that have been long in the faith. He gave them to the church, and their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So it's not a, an easy thing to be a pastor, to be an elder, to be a minister, because we have responsibilities to train and equip and, and empower you to do what God's called you. This will, um, the, 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 this will continue until we all come to a unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind and new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of this body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, that's you. It helps others grow. Other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's, we just want to grow. We want to go deeper. We want to go wider in terms of our reach in ministry and our community. We want to go um, higher in our worship and praise of God. So our vision is to transform our world through the power of God one life at a time. And maybe that life that needs transforming is you. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you kind of think you know it all. You've been in church most of your life. You, you know all the stories in the Bible. You've been to a thousand business meetings and, and committee meetings and all those kind of service things. But you're not full of joy. You're not full of peace. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're worried all the time about stuff. You realize that the peace of God is not filling you. You've got more to learn. We've got more to grow. I, I'm going to give you the church something uh, eventually. I have it printed up, ready to go. But it's called a spiritual health checkup. Any of you ever go to your annual physical checkup at the doctor, and he checks your blood work and all those kinds of things? How's the heart going? <laughs> and, uh, yes, my doctor's in, the, in the, the audience today, and she's going, yep, you're due for a time. Well, I have a physical, a spiritual health checkup that I want to pass out. I want you to, to rate yourself. How are you doing? And I want you to bring it in and chat with me about it to say, um, Pastor, I'm, I'm kind of struggling in some of these areas or I'm doing great in these areas. And then I can prescribe certain things for you in terms of Bible study or being involved in ministries or attending life groups or getting with a cluster of people to help encourage you and be um, your accountability partners. Like we all grow together. And uh, sometimes you just need to take time away. So this, this week, actually, I'm, I've got four days. I'll be speaking at a, in a conference down south for a few days. And um, I wanted to use that time just to say, God, what about me? What do I need? What do you see when you look at me, God? What, what are the areas in my life that need help? And uh, so it's, it's great if you can manage that time, sometime for your own, even just a day apart or a morning, just to say, God, you and me, show me what you see. So that's one of our values. It's our mission to equip and inspire and empower you to be the kind of person that can be confident in your faith, 
They won't struggle. They won't be tossed about by every wind that blows, blows around and jumping on this bandwagon and that bandwagon. But you're going to be stable and solid and know what it is God has for you. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you, God, for the challenges you put in front of us to be your people, to allow you to have your way in our life, to explore what it means to have the power of the Holy Spirit working through us and in us, how you transform us each day from glory to glory, to look like your Son. Father God, may we uh, not just be busy, not just work harder, may we stop and reflect and look at our relationship with you and with others. Are we the encourager? Are we the helper? Do we have joy and peace in our life? Or do we need help to get out of the, the rut, to grow, to experience the abundant life that you want for us? Father God, this is your day, your people, your service. Have your way in our hearts. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.